With it being the last Sunday in 2018, I thought I'd start this morning with a bit of a look back on the year, okay? So just for a little bit of fun as we start, let's have a little bit of a, a look at Gavin's highlights of 2018, okay? So I thought I'd start with the most watched film of 2018, okay? It's been impossible to escape this. It's been in the cinemas, it's been on the radio, the songs have been everywhere. This is The Greatest Showman, of course. Anyone not seen it? Come on. Hardly anyone. <laughs> Hardly anyone. Okay, what else happened to say? Well, how about the Royal Wedding? This was probably the most watched event of 2018 on television. I absolutely loved it. I loved the romance of it. I loved seeing all the stars turn up. It was just amazing to see. But what I loved most about the Royal Wedding was this guy here. Come on. <laughs> this guy bringing a little bit of gospel to the Royal Wedding, really taking his opportunity to share about Jesus. I absolutely loved it. Seeing the Queen's face as this guy was preaching was incredible. All right, what else happened this year? Well, I've honestly only just got over the heartbreak of England's World Cup exit. Honestly, let me tell you, during that semi-final against Croatia, right, I watched it with some friends. It was probably like a one-hour period between England scoring, the, second, the, the kind of half-time break in the second half, when I genuinely believed we were going to win the World Cup. Do you know what? It was the best thing I ever had. Obviously, it didn't happen and we all cried, but the nation got a new hero, didn't they? Waistcoats became cool again as everyone fell in love with Mr. Nice Guy, Gareth Southgate, eh? <laughs> what else happened this year? Well, Brexit is happening or something's happening with politics. Anyone have any idea what's happening? European Union? I don't. It's been a strange old year. Neither day, exactly. It's been a strange old year for politics, but it wasn't all bad news because our Prime Minister brought out some amazing mum dance moves, didn't she? There they are. Talk about embarrassing dancing, all right? <laughs> Speaking of dancing, by the way, this is for the young people here. What on earth is flossing? So it's just behind me on the screen here. It's impossible, I've noticed in 2018, for any child aged between 5 or 12 to stand still without doing this, isn't it? Like, what is it? What is it? Someone tell me. <laughs> all right. The youth group are going to rip me for that forever. Um, okay, what other highlights have we got? Okay, we had Harry Redknapp winning. I'm just letting me get me out of here, being crowned king of the jungle, didn't we? There he is. Absolutely loved it. And of course, the biggest highlight of 2018, it was Jubilee Church Teesside's 20th birthday, wasn't it? Come on. We had a whole lot of fun celebrating. We had some great cake and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so that was a little bit of a look back on this year. But of course, it was just a little bit of fun to start with. But there is a serious point to it, okay? Because these events here, when people look back in 2018, in years to come, they'll look back at these key moments, won't they? They'll look back at these key events and they'll remember 2018 by them, okay? I want to challenge us this morning as a church to see what it would look like if we were able to share that someone's 2019. Like, what if we were able to lead someone next year to a point where in years to come, they would look back and say, 2019 was the year that I became a Christian. And that was a highlight of my year. That was the year that I realised I was loved by God. That was the year that I realised that what the Bible says is relevant. That is the year that my view of Christians and religion changed. Like, what if we could be part of that? How good would that be? See, let me explain. See, this morning's a bit of an unusual morning because I was actually allowed to preach on anything I wanted. Okay, so normally we have a sermon series, don't we, that we work through and we've got a set of talks, a book of the Bible or whatever. But with it being the Christmas holidays, there was a lovely blank space on the sermon series with my name next to it. 
All right. Now, what that means is I'm allowed to speak on anything I want, whatever I feel like God's speaking to me about. Okay. So, luckily or unluckily for you, you get to hear a little about a little bit of my heart today. Uh, uh, so, what I feel like God's saying to us as a church as we go into 2019. All right. So, with that in mind, I want to talk today about evangelism. Now, don't switch off. You see, some people, as soon as I've mentioned the word evangelism, you've switched off and you've said, uh-uh, that's for the evangelists to do. That's for the people who are good at sharing their faith to do. But this morning, I want to encourage us all that we each have a part to play in terms of evangelism. Okay. Let me get rid of some religious language here. Okay. What do I mean by evangelism? I mean reaching out. I mean showing people Jesus. I mean sharing our faith. We've all got a part to play in that, and that's what I want to get across this morning. So if you turn with me to Matthew 13 in your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, the words will appear on the screen behind me. We're going to Matthew 13, verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, and because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So what's going on in this story? See, what we see here is Jesus teaching people using a parable. Okay? And as some of you may know, a parable was a story with a hidden meaning, a hidden message behind it. Okay? So Jesus here was teaching people about the kingdom of God using something that the people were familiar with using farming, because this is things that people understood. It would be like Jesus coming today and telling us a story using something that we're familiar with, like social media or Love Island, to, em- to demonstrate his points, okay? And Jesus used the farming analogy. The seeds were people hearing the good news, people hearing the message about salvation. If we were to put it in today's context, it would be people hearing the gospel. And Jesus talks about his message falling on many different types of soil, or hitting many different types of people. Those who weren't prepared at all to hear, those who were prepared to hear the message and not really live it through, those who have good intentions to follow what is said in this message but then end up getting choked out by the things of the world, and finally those who get it right, those who get the message and grow and thrive having heard Jesus' words. And Jesus made this point using a parable as he really, really wanted people to get the message that he was sharing. This was obviously important. So today I want to unpack what he was saying a little bit more in some more detail and look at the topic of evangelism, sharing Jesus with other people. I'm going to look at it in two different ways this morning, keeping the farming analogy going. We're going to look at why it's important to sow seeds and finally, practically, how we can sow seeds. How can we share our faith this year? Because I guess my aim for this morning is to really inspire us as we go into 2019 and get us excited about sharing our faith. Like, how good would it be if each one of us this year was able to lead one person to know God? 
Like, not force people into believing what we believe, nor lovingly sharing our faith and allowing them to explore this stuff for themselves. That is so important, by the way. Allowing people to explore this stuff for themselves, but being open to share our faith. All right, so why is it important to share our faith with others? Well, one of our motivations, and one of the reasons, should be out of gratitude to God. So, like, who here is thankful for the difference God's made in their life? Come on. I think as Christians, we can never stop being thankful to God for the difference he makes in our lives. I mean, read passages like Romans 5. Check this out. It says, we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God. We've gained access to God through faith. We boast in his hope and glory. Like, these passages should excite us. They should leave us thankful for what God's done in our lives. Do you know what? I look back in my life and I I see the track that I was going down before I came to know Jesus. That anger, bitterness, loneliness, hurt. And do you know what? We should all be able to do that. We should all be able to look at our lives as as Christians before knowing God and then look at our lives now and just be so thankful to Jesus. And do you know what? The result of that thankfulness is wanting to share that with everybody you know. Do you know, it's true, isn't it? When something amazing happens, something which you're so thankful for, you want every single person you know to hear about it. So I remember when Eden was born, all right? She was barely out of the womb yet, and I was phoning people, sending pictures, posting about it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. I was so desperate for people to know about this beautiful little baby. And it should be the same with Jesus. We should want to share about God because we're so thankful for the difference that he's made in our lives and we want other people to experience that joy. That in itself is good enough motivation. But why else? Why else should we share our faith? Well, what about out of concern for those who don't know God? And this isn't an easy one to hear or to talk about, but as Christians, we have to believe that the only way to God is through Jesus. The opposite of knowing God is not knowing him. Eternity separated from him. And that should scare us. Like our loved ones, our families, our friends who don't know God, it should hurt us to a point that we want to do everything we can to help them to make that decision to follow God for themselves. To have this eternal relationship with God. We should have concern for people. Think about Jesus' words in Luke 15. He tells three amazing parables. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. What do we see in each of these stories? We see concern. Whether it was a lady searching everywhere to find her precious coin, the father going out into the fields to search for his son coming home, or the shepherd leaving 99 sheep to go and find one lost one. These are stories which show God's concern for those who don't know him. And we should share that concern. God loves people so much. He loves those who don't know him so much that he would do anything to see these guys come and know them, including sending his son to die. We need to share that concern, Jubilee. We need to share that desire to do anything we can to help people make this decision to follow him. Because we should love people as well. So do you know what? I heard this amazing story a couple of uh, of weeks ago. This was a church leader sharing his testimony, sharing his life story. Okay, and he told the story that his wife had started going along to this church in the village where they lived, okay? And his husband wasn't interested in God at all. But the vicar from the local church kept coming around his house and chatting to him. And the vicar was a lovely man, and the husband ended up quite liking the vicar. 
And the husband, being quite a sporty guy, uh, the vicar would come around one day and said, uh, can you help me get fit? You see, I'm a vicar, and all I do all day is eat cake and drink tea. So I need some help to stay fit and healthy. And uh, the husband agreed. He said, okay, let's go and play squash together. So the husband and the vicar went and had a game of squash. And he did this every week. Each week they would play squash and have a lovely game together. Okay, they started a bit of a routine. Every week they would go. Now, each week after they played squash, the vicar and the husband would be in the changing rooms getting changed. And out of his bag, the vicar would whip out a book about Jesus. And he would say, do you want to read this book about Jesus? It explains a little bit about what I believe. And each week, the husband would politely decline. Say, sorry, I'm not interested in Jesus. Next week, vicar would do the same thing. The husband would say, no, politely decline. And this went on and on for a few weeks. Eventually, the husband thought, I quite like this guy. I quite like this vicar, but I'm absolutely fed up of him trying to get me to read this book. So he thought, I'm going to think of a genius way to stop him trying to get me reading this book. So, this is what he did. See, as nice as a man as a vicar was, he was a terrible squash player. So the husband would stand there, barely sweating, all right, just stroking the ball nicely, and the vicar would be running all over, absolutely sweating, trying to get the ball. So the husband said, okay, mate, I like you. If you can beat me at a game of squash, I will read your book about Jesus. Genius, he thought. So the vicar agreed, put the book away, didn't get the book out again for weeks. Now, something amazing happened, you see, because the squash games started to get a little bit closer. The husband actually started sweating at some points. He still won the, the games, of course, but the husband had started to sweat. And one, one, a couple of months later, as they were walking out of the gym, uh, they walked down the corridor on, on the way home, and the local squash coach walks past and sees the vicar. He says, hi, mate, how are you getting on? And the husband looked at the vicar and thought, Oh no, this guy's been getting squash lessons in order to try and beat me. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That's an amazing story. I, that's the sort of concern that we need to have. We need to go above and beyond to lead people to God in relevant ways. Like, note that the vicar didn't just Bible bash him every week. No, he went above and beyond. I absolutely love it. He actually went out of his way to learn to play squash because he cared so much about a husband coming to know Jesus. Jubilee, do we share that same concern? Do we live lives like that? All right, why else should we sow seeds? Well, one massive reason we should share our faith is out of obedience. You know, a few weeks ago at our baptism service, my wife Haley very helpfully reminded us that baptism is so important because it's one of the last things Jesus tells us to do. And that's totally true. And in the same sentence as he tells us to do that in Matthew 28, Jesus also tells us to go out and make disciples of all nations. He tells us to go out and tell people everywhere about him. It's Jesus' last instruction to us, so it must be important, right? And having this global vision of evangelism is so important. Sometimes we can think too small about faith. I check this quote out by Tom Wright. He says, Christianity isn't about cozy little lessons to make us feel better. It's about what God's doing in the world, what he's already done in Jesus, and what he wants to do through us today. So if we look at Christianity like that, if we take our eyes up from making it all about us and look at the bigger picture, suddenly it can make a real difference. Suddenly, this is something bigger that we can all be involved with. 
sharing our faith, suddenly Jesus' command to go out and tell people about him becomes more relevant. Okay, let me give you a tweetable quote here. I haven't given you one in a while, okay? There isn't a single person that we meet who isn't a short prayer away from a party in heaven. Let me say that again. There isn't a single person that we meet who isn't a short prayer away from a party in heaven. That this in itself should be a massive motivation for telling others about God. See, the gospel is as simple as that. If you pray, pray that prayer and give your life to Jesus, there's an actual party in heaven. Heaven celebrates when people become Christians. Do you know what? A few years ago, Haley and I served on the youth team at Devoted, at Devoted Festival, and we would have team meetings every morning and feedback on what had happened the night before at the youth meetings, how many people had responded, how many people had uh, had prayer for healing, any safeguarding concerns, that sort of thing. And I remember every time anyone had made a prayer and become a Christian, the guy leading the team would jump up and down, whoop, leap for joy and shake his fist in the air in celebration. Do you remember? And you know, at the time it was a little bit cringy, but looking back now, it was amazing because that is exactly how heaven reacts every time someone comes back to God. There's a celebration in that. And that should be another motivation for us to share about God and, and, and plant those seeds. We want to see God rejoicing. We want to see heaven celebrating people coming to know him. Okay, let me give you one more final motivation about sharing your faith with others. This is from a Bible verse found in the book of Philemon. Um, I've got to say this is the first time I've ever quoted this particular book of the Bible, but it's a very, very short one. But Philemon 6 in the ESV says this, I pray that sharing your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. What's that saying? Well, Jubilee, it's saying that if you want to grow closer to Christ, if you want a fuller knowledge of all the good things that Jesus has in store for you, if you want your relationship with Jesus to develop, then share your faith with others. If you want to go closer to God, then share your faith with others. And you know what? That's a bit of a selfish motivation, but hey, it's in the Bible, so let's not ignore it. Okay, I've talked a little bit about why it's important to share our faith and sow those seeds. But let's get practical in a second and look at how we can all do this. Because my challenge for 2019 isn't that some of us go out and share about God. No, no, my challenge is that all of us collectively live lives that glorify God and want people and challenge people to want to come and get to know God. Don't we all want to be part of that? Don't we all want to play our part in helping people make the biggest decision that they'll ever make in their whole lives? But before I get practical, I just want to give you some um, clarity on evangelism. Okay. Because the common theme in churches, as I said earlier, is that we leave the gifted evangelists to do the work of sharing the gospel. But that simply isn't the case. So 2 Corinthians 5.20 describes us as being Christ's ambassadors, bringing good news of reconciliation to others. See, evangelism is bringing this good news of reconciliation to other people, and we can all do that. We can all bring good news to other people. But the problem is this, when it comes to sharing good news, we have the wrong understanding about what it means to share the gospel with other people. See, the problem that we have is that we think about evangelism in a results-focused way. 
okay, I ran this project and only two people became Christians, so it must be a failure. Okay, we only had one person on our last alpha course. It must have been a complete write-off. But that's simply not the case. We can't look at evangelism in a results-focused way. I remember being a young Christian and getting really, really downhearted about this. I became a Christian when I was 16. In the first couple of years of my life, I told every single person I knew about Jesus. I remember being in my second year at Sixth Form College and starting this Christian union. School didn't have one. I started this Christian union because I was determined to get every single person in my school knowing Jesus. I put up flyers all over to Sixth Form College. I did loads of outreach events, me and a couple of other guys. Do you know how many people became Christians? Zero. Not one person. And I remember feeling really low. I remember feeling like a failure. Like, am I a terrible Christian? Am I terrible at sharing my faith? I felt like a complete failure. And do you know what? I worry that a lot of people in churches feel the same. I worry that people are put off sharing their faith because they feel like a failure because they've shared it in the past and no one's responded. My aim today is to change that. See, at the time, I was, I was about 18, and I remember feeling like a failure. My friend bought me this book at the time, okay? I was feeling downhearted, and he bought me this book called Sowing, Reaping, Keeping. And uh, this really radically changed my view of how I share my faith with other people. I don't agree with everything he says in this book, but I do agree with an awful lot of it, okay? And in this book, he would describe everyone we meet as being on a scale of 1 to 10 in their faith journey, Okay? One, being absolutely not interested in God whatsoever. And ten, being ready to commit to Jesus. And the problem with a lot of outreach activities that us Christians try and do is that sometimes we're trying to hit people who are ones on this scale with a straight up ten message about praying that salvation prayer right now. And that's never going to work. Of course people are going to be closed off. You see, some people have negative views of Christians from those who've been hurt in the past to those who've been frustrated by the things done in the name of Christianity to those influenced by how the media portrays church as boring and irrelevant. Different people will have negative views of Christianity. And if we go out and hit every single person we meet with this 10 message of Jesus straight away, we're going to get frustrated. Now, before I move on, please, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm totally not saying that we shouldn't share the gospel or that we shouldn't do street evangelism or anything like that. No, no, what I'm saying is we need to be mindful of other people. Do you know what? I absolutely love the street evangelism that we do in Jubilee. A few weeks back, a team went out into Middlesbrough Town Centre and handed out some candy canes with Bible verses and little messages written on them. That is absolutely amazing because if you're a one on that scale and someone gives you a candy cane, that's fine. You hate candy canes, that's fine. Throw them in the bin, you don't have to eat it. If you're a six, seven, eight, nine on that scale, then you'll stop and think, why are these guys doing this? Therefore, getting into conversations about the gospel and about Jesus. There's nothing offensive about a candy cane, is there? That is the key to evangelism. People-focused. Do you know what? If we get this scale right, then effective evangelism isn't moving every single person that we know to a 10. For some people, it might be moving them from a 3 to a 5, from a 1 to a 2, from a 5 to an 8. If we can leave someone with a positive view of Christians, then that is a start. And that's evangelism. And that's a positive thing. And that is something that we can all do. Be encouraged by that. 
Look, we need to be mindful of where people are on that scale. When we get it right, we're evangelizing in a way which is helpful and loving to people. So how many times have we walked along the street and seen these preachers preaching hell and fire and just cringed? I remember when I was younger, you all know that I worked in Thomas Baker's in Darlington, my Saturday job, and uh, we had some guys who used to stand out on high row in Darlington and preach that everyone was going to go to hell. Shouting. I think one of them had a megaphone. And my, um, my colleagues at Thomas Baker's were like, Gav, you're a Christian. Why don't you say that stuff to us? Why don't you tell us we're going to hell? Like, what's all that about? Are, are you worse Christian than them? Why don't you do this to us? And I remember just cringing every single time. Because, do you know what, these guys, these guys were faithful. These guys were doing what they thought God was right. But let me tell you, if you're hitting every single person you know with this message of, this 10 message of Jesus and they're going to go to hell, then actually people are going to find you weird. People are going to be closed off. And actually, you're not going to see any fruit in that. How about we start by getting to know people? By doing something nice for people? By giving out candy canes? Jubilee, why don't we be a little bit smarter about how we share the gospel? Now, there's a spiritual element to this as well. Being wise and knowing when it's right to share the gospel with people, when it's right to go all out, and when it's right to not. I love this quote by Bill Hybels. Check it out. It says, These days, I'm more convinced than ever that the absolute highest value in personal evangelism is staying attuned and cooperative with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? I totally believe this. If we're switched on to the Holy Spirit, he will reveal to us the right moment to offer to pray for our friends. The right moments to give out those alpha invites. Even the right moments to ask if they want to give their life to Jesus. Be tuned into the Holy Spirit. Be praying for people. Let's go back to Jesus for a second in the story I told at the start, the parable of the sower. Because what he tells us in this parable is that a lot of seed was scattered. See, the fact that it fell on lots of different types of soil, for me, shows that lots of handfuls of seeds must have been scattered everywhere. And there's something we can take from this. Bearing in mind what I've just said about mindful evangelism. See, Jesus cared about people. He he still does. He cares about the lonely, the wondering, the depressed the helpless, the abused, the struggling. Jesus cares about all of them. And that's why we need to be mindful about how we evangelize. My challenge for you in 2019 is to go out and be people who scatter seeds. Go out and be people who allow others to experience Jesus. Because that's something which can be done often in many different ways. It can be done creatively. And most importantly, it can be done normally. Do you know you can share your faith and still be normal? You can be a Christian and still be normal? Let me, let me demonstrate, okay? I've got my seeds here, okay? It's bird seed, so don't try and pick it up and eat it, okay? But, so you walk into work on Monday morning with a smile on your face and remain positive all day, okay? You've scattered seeds. You do the washing up in the office kitchen without being asked or taking credit afterwards, okay? You've thrown some seeds. You listen intently and take time out of your day to hear about someone going through a tough time. You've scattered some seeds. You choose not to go and watch that particular film or TV program, but you don't condemn those people who do. You've scattered some seed. You speak a different viewpoint into that debate about abortion, but you do it lovingly and with grace, and you've scattered some more seeds. You... Uh, your friend is going through a tough time and you offer to pray for them. Your friend is going through an even tougher time and you offer to pray with them. You get the point? (laughs) You send that encouraging text to someone. 
You choose to prioritise time with your friends on your lunchtime. You buy that homeless person a coffee. You're honest on the football pitch when the ball goes out of play and the ref doesn't see it. You come into work on Monday morning and tell them you've been to church and say it in a positive light. And what have you done? You've scattered seed everywhere. Come on, people have seen Jesus. Jubilee, if we want to see people come to know Jesus this year, I guarantee the way we're going to do it is if you keep spreading those seeds. If you keep moving people closer up that scale. Even if you don't see your friends and family make a commitment straight away, at least you're leaving them with a positive view of Christianity. And surely, one day that will lead them to want to experience this stuff for themselves, right? Okay, if the band could come off that, would be great. So I'm nearly finished, but I just need to say, please don't think that it's all going to be plain sailing. See, the story is clear that some of the seed will fall on rocky ground. And Jesus warns us that. Sometimes you'll do all the nicest things in the world. You may share your faith. You may offer a prayer with people. You may be the nicest person ever and never see people move up this scale. You may have been trying for years. You may have been trying to share your faith with your family for years and not seen them move up that scale. And what I would say to that one is, don't give up. Because actually, it takes some people a lot longer to explore these things and make these decisions. Isn't that right, Bill? (laughs) Secondly, I would encourage you to trust God. It's him who saves, not us. We don't need to take that burden. If someone doesn't make that decision to follow God, if someone doesn't become a Christian, that's not our fault. We don't take that personally. No, we should trust that God has a plan for that person and keep working faithfully. So look, if nothing else today, maybe you've got a little bit excited about the gospel. Maybe you've realised your motivation for sharing your faith. Maybe you've been reminded why you should share your faith. Or maybe you've been encouraged that you do have a role to play in evangelism. Start from today. Be praying for those people that you want to see come to know God. Be looking out for those opportunities to scatter that seed just by living your everyday life. Be looking for the right moment to invite people to Alpha. But you know, before all of that, it starts with praying. It starts by putting those people that you've been praying for for a long time back on your heart and giving them to God. So what we're going to do is this. We're going to stand and sing one more song. But as the song's um, being sung and being played, we're going to be praying for the people that we want to see come to know God this year. That might be someone that you've been sharing the gospel with for years. Why don't you be praying for them? Also, while we're singing, we're going to be taking up our offering. Okay, this is primarily for people who are regularly come to Jubilee. We're not after your money at all, so please let the buckets pass you by. But why don't we stand and I'm going to pray first before we sing. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your gospel message. God, I thank you so much for the difference that you've made in each and every one of our lives when we come to know you. God, I thank you so much that that should move us and motivate us to want to see other people come to know you as well. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you've given each and every one of us a role to play in sharing your gospel. God, there's no one on the sidelines. God, there's no one who's not wanted or not used by you. You've got a role for each of us. And I just want to pray this morning, would you encourage those people who've been feeling flat and down about sharing their faith? 
God, would you encourage them to have boldness and confidence to go out and share with other people to scatter that seed. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we go into 2019, as we go back to our workplaces and our schools and our colleges, would we be people who go in and take Jesus with us, Lord Jesus? Would we be people who are scattering seeds all over Teesside, Lord? And we pray would those seeds begin to flower and shoot up and grow, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that this time next year, Lord, that this church would be twice as full of people who've come to know you. God, I pray that this time next year we're celebrating story after story after story of people who've given their lives to you, people who've been made whole again, people who've known forgiveness, who've known friendship, who've known love for the first time, Lord Jesus. God, I pray would we be a church of people who are going, Lord Jesus. Would you equip us to do that, Lord? In your holy name, amen.